Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all today? I hope that you are well. I hope that life is treating you well, wherever you are on this planet, this huge planet that sometimes seems so big, doesn't it? And yet, in some ways, it's so small as we whirl into the universe what a magnificent joy really it is and an honor to be part of something so great. And I think that we all forget, I suppose, that we are infinite and we are greater than what we actually believe to be sometimes. And that is where our power is, is that we have such a strength within us. Equally, we can all be fragile beings, but if we connect to the power source, whatever you want to call it, the universe, I call it God, we are really so strong and we are so much stronger when we work together, when we love together. So let's do that. Let's do more of that and let's tell each other how we feel about each other and how much we do love each other because time is so short on this planet and we need to sort of really embrace every moment with love and compassion. Now, I am absolutely overjoyed, I have to say to you, to welcome my guest today, who is someone that I really deeply respect for all the things that he does for people And he does it in such a humble way and on so many levels. Today, I welcome Mir Abbas Ali, who is an acupuncturist, a martial arts master and a Chinese medicine expert. He's many other things, but he's far too humble and doesn't want me to say all of it. So um, I I will just keep it very low key for the moment, but I'm sure that you will see He is a very, very wise being, and he has so much to share with people. After he graduated as an acupuncturist and in the Shaolin arts, he started to train in the Taoist arts, which is Qigong, Neigong, Bagua, Tuina, and many others, too many to mention, really. Mir's quest with the internal arts has been more on the side of serious meditation and spiritual inquiry. And he tells us that this type of training keeps one seeking and developing for the rest of one's life. He's experienced in the martial arts, such as Eskrima, Penchak, Silat, and Sistema, as well as modern self-defense systems. 
He has had the privilege to represent Great Britain in the Qi Kim Thong lineage of Nan Shaolin Wuzuquan in China and to be filmed for Chinese documentaries. He has also been interviewed for many Chinese news programs. Having traveled to train, Mei has met many masters and trained with them in China, America, Malaysia, Europe, and New Zealand. And in 19... Well, 19, I don't know what happened to me then. Maybe he did in 1917. Who, who knows? Who knows? But in 2017, he was awarded a seventh Dan grade by the International Southern Shaolin Five Ancestors Association in China, which is a credit really to all his dedication and work. Mir has also been fortunate enough to have received years of transmissions and training in Taoist lineage energy arts, as well as training regularly with legendary Russian masters. And also he has traveled to New Zealand to learn from true Maori warriors and healers, something that actually I find very fascinating. And they were generous enough to pass on their teachings to him from their family and lineages to help benefit people on this side of the world. In fact, on all four corners of the earth. Today, he shares his incredible life journey. Welcome, dear Mir. You're welcome. No, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. And thank you for agreeing to come on. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just looking out of the window right now. It's, uh, it's really, really very grey and it's starting to get quite misty. But I think it's, uh, it's quite beautiful as well, actually. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's lovely. There's a okay. certain magic about mist, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, it's great. And also I can see some chimney tops as well. So it's just uh, nice to see some uh, some live fires and there's a church in the background. So it's just uh, very oh, rarely in this room. So it's just, uh, it's nice to see things like this from a different perspective. It is, it's true. You can be somewhere for years and never really sort of see every aspect of it. I suppose it's about our perspective of life, isn't it? Sometimes when we change our perspective, we can see so many things in different ways. Oh, totally. And then, you know, there's your perspective, my perspective, a different perspective in time, mm, uh, mm. You know, the, the big, aspect, uh, big perspectives. And, <clears throat> you know, it's just, it's just really interesting. One of the things um, you mentioned, the, the Maoris that I studied with, and one, one of them, his name was uh, Manu, who was uh, wise beyond his years. He was amazing. Unfortunately, he died mm. a few years ago, but he was, he was oh. brilliant. And uh, one of the things he would always say to people is uh, don't think so small you know think beyond you think beyond yourself you know mm. don't see the world or the universe for just you you know mm. uh, don't mm. think so small and it's, it's true there are so many more perspectives yes don't think so small and and really infinitely we are so great in so many ways that we don't even realize sometimes. And that's a lot about your work, isn't it? It's about yes. an inner work. Now, I always say this to my guest from the beginning, tell us a little bit before we go on to all your fantastic adventures and all the wonderful work that you do, because I have to say, Mir is a fantastic therapist and a teacher. You know, he is amazing. Um, and I would like him today and, you know, hopefully he'll agree to share some of that wisdom with you. But tell us a little bit, Mir, how it all began for you, this journey. Sure. Well, um, I guess I was quite 
fortunate though perhaps it didn't feel like it at the time uh, to being born uh, kind of mixed race from two two Asian uh, kind of uh, lineages my mother was born and raised in the Philippines uh, mm-hmm. before kind of moving to the UK uh, as a as a young midwife and my father uh, he was born in India but uh, when India and Pakistan were separated because he came from a Pakistani uh, from a sorry from a Muslim family they moved mm-hmm. over to Pakistan <coughs> excuse me and then uh, they they were both in the UK both got together um, and both had really interesting pasts and families themselves um, one thing I've kind of got to really grips with in the last few years is the fact that they both had healers on on both sides of the family uh, uh-huh. uh so i was lucky i guess my dad was the seventh son and there was um there were kind of things that went with that uh his uncles were kind of healers and herbalists and a lot, a lot of the the current generation are kind of like doctors and dentists so that's how that's come down on the father's side uh on my mother's side her father who unfortunately died when she was young he was I think the only herbalist in the area of of that particular part of the Philippines so people uh, would would come to see him and uh, my mum's mother though she doesn't practice anymore uh, was a spiritual healer uh, back then too um, but things changed over the years <coughs> excuse me so she she no longer practices and whenever we've asked about it she either chooses not to talk about it uh, or has completely forgotten but she's she's very very old so um you know she may have forgotten all that a long long time ago yeah there's a lot to be said about that because um i know that you know i've met many like yourself masters and healers and a lot of them don't like to talk about it um you know but it's so needed in these times. So I think their students and people that can learn from them, we need them because we're in serious need of people to um, guide us somewhere along the line towards something which is, you know, a better way of life, a better way of living. Because the way I think that we were living, most of us before, wasn't really working. Um, so that's why all these sort of traditional arts, I think, are now very, very popular. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, like I said, they're, they're, they're really important. And what we've had and what I've come across in the last, definitely at least the last 10 years, but perhaps 20, is that um, some of these kind of much more hidden masters and people who have kept quiet for a long time, mm-hmm. and in many cases they're told to keep quiet, they're told not to come to the forefront. Um, they've uh, basically got the message that they are to come out now, you know, in, in the last 10, uh, 20 years, that they, they need to be told, uh, need to be heard, sorry. They need to tell of what they do uh, because they need the vibration of everyone and everything uh, to rise. Now is not the time to be necessarily hiding everything. There are certain things which may must remain hidden, um, yeah. but, you know, for masters to come forward uh, and kind of help the masses this this is the time this time whether it's um healing or martial arts or or general independent thoughts spiritual awakenings in whichever way possible uh it's an important time for people to step forward and to step up and um for for real teachings to be out there because unfortunately what's happened is far too much mediocre teachings and not even real teachings kind of 
mediocre information has basically proliferated because the real truth and real real lineages of of hundreds or thousands of years have basically kept quiet kept in the back and mm. they're quite happy to do so which is fine however uh, that means things of non not particularly well worthwhile kind of practices have come to the forefront and they they are being uh, kind of touted as the best thing ever and this is a, a cycle that has gone on you know for thousands of years and people wrote about it for thousands of years how yeah. you know when things that were true but you know told to the masses as being false and false falsehoods became the the truth the new truth and it's you know that's been around for a long time but now it's this is another time when people we need to be stepping forward and and helping people with with the real deal and what's um what's real for all people and and old truths truths which remain truths um for tens hundreds or thousands of years and even longer it's very true it's very true because if someone is told a lie, I think, for 40 days, um, they begin to believe the lie, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it, they say it takes apparently 40 days to create a habit, and then it takes three times the 40 days, if you're lucky, to break the habit. So I think humanity is now, as you said, it's at an awakening point where everything that is not real is actually collapsing. And mm. I, for one, I'm glad. It's a difficult process. You know, mm. even the caterpillar that then goes into the cocoon and then turns into a butterfly, that's not an easy process. But I think we all have to go through that transitional period. Now, how did you become interested? I know that your family are healers from several <laughs> generations, but how did you decide um, to become interested in becoming an acupuncturist into Chinese medicine and you're also a martial arts master how did this journey begin for you I guess um, it was always in the background I, I think some of it was passed down generationally I think some of it's karmic uh, so there was a certain amount which was passed down the bloodlines which I couldn't avoid um, mm. it, so that that's been there before kind of I was around. Um, but, part of your uh, DNA. It's part of my DNA. Well, most definitely, because the martial arts and healing side of things have been part of generations on both sides of my family uh, well before me. Uh, and there's some great stories of, well, perhaps not so great stories of kind of things that they've done in the past, which which are and aren't good, uh, but definitely have led to, to me being like this. Um, but I guess with regards to the martial arts, just like a lot of people... Uh, kind of growing up in London, I, I watched an awful lot of TV, and whether it was a kung fu movie uh, that we rented on VHS, uh, Monkey, <laughs> or Water Margin, oh, or, uh, or, <laughs> or David Carradine and Kung Fu, that was, I yeah. think, the first one I can remember, or Good Old Hong Kung Fu, you know, those, those were the days in the 70s when um, that was the all good days, much, yeah, the good days, <laughs> yeah, much simpler. <laughs> so, uh, that was all part of the normal everyday kind of uh, pop culture and, and you know society. So it's just uh, you know, whether it's songs about kung fu fighting or anything else like that, that was that was always there. And uh, I guess with regards to the whole medicine side of things, um, I guess that came from my mum definitely. So because, she, like I said, she was a midwife, uh, but coming from the Philippines and from a fairly <laughs> modest, poor background in the Philippines. 
uh, they had a background, like I said, her her father was a herbalist and her mother a spiritual, uh, spiritualist, but I've essentially, um, I hope I don't offend anyone by saying this, but essentially her, the spirituality that she had was basically taken away because of uh, she decided to devote herself to Christianity. So that side of things uh, basically disappeared, the spiritual side. Uh, disappeared as she became more and more involved uh, with the church. Uh, and so, what was she before that, prior to that? I guess basically she was just uh, just a normal person in the Philippines. By and large, most mm-hmm. people have a subsistence, subsistence living, living hand-to-mouth, mm. ploughing the land. Uh, you know, like I said, her, her husband, uh, my grandfather, was uh, mm. a herbalist and farmer, and she would have helped uh, with the land too, but basically had uh, four children to raise on her own. Um so, you know, I, I guess, you know, she, the one of the things that happens in the Philippines is you're surrounded by um, extended family. It's not just like one or two of you. You know, there's probably 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 of you in, in a village that you've grown up and your ancestors have grown up in for hundreds of thousands of years. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the land and the people have been there for a long time and served the family. So even though she would have been, you know, a single mother with four children back then, and she's now, we're, we're December 2020, and she's just celebrated her 104th birthday. So, you know. About, wow, Mia. Congratulations yeah, so, to her. <laughs> yeah. My so, goodness. That's amazing. So 80 odd years ago, she was like a single mum. So it's just um, 70 or 80 years ago. So... You know, she she had the support around her, but um, that meant, you know, everything that came with that, uh, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, so there was healing from that side. And, you know, my mother brought that with her, that traditional side of things. So even though she was a Western-trained midwife um, and we were given antibiotics and told to go to the doctor when we were young, if something happened, she would say, oh, rub this on it or, you know, uh, put candle wax on it or, you know, don't go outside because your hair's wet. And it's like, what? This is really weird. No one I else. I still don't do that, this. actually. No, yeah, I, I don't do it. I don't do it either. <laughs> You'd always say, don't go out with your hair wet and wait yeah. an hour after a bath before you go out. And you're like, Absolutely oh, okay. the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And these all, all these things that, you know, I've never heard many other people's mums say, but, you know, mm. that, that was gospel as far as, you know, she was concerned and I, I did what she said and, you know, not to go out in the rain and then get your hair wet and... Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. It, it? It, it, but it's it's the old traditional wisdom, isn't it? That yes, absolutely. It really does. If you, they're the small things, but really, they make complete sense, don't they? They do, and and they contain generational information and generational yeah. wisdom. You know, something like you know, don't go out when it's raining and your hair gets wet. Mm-hmm. You know, that could have gone down hundreds or thousands of years. You know, that, that you know, people have deduced and seen it and just like, well, every time someone goes out, this is what happens. And they just pass that down. And it would have been uh, kind of an oral tradition, wouldn't it? It'd have been you wouldn't have written yeah. it down in a special book. You would be you would tell your family, you tell the village. Listen, I've found that, you know, this happened to my grandfather, it happened to my father too, uh, and it's happening to me, and we all did this. So if you guys do this, that's what will happen. If you don't do this, this other thing will happen. So you guys decide. And the wisdom was passed down, and it was really, really important, you know, and there's, um, that's what informed people before we started getting into science, and that's what informed my mother, and that's what informs me and many other people. I'm sure your list, your listeners too. You know, it's just um, that's that's really really important. Um, it so is, you- and you know, there's a lot to be said. I mean, modern medicine 
you know, holds its place. But I'm a great believer and with my work as well, I'm very much into um, complementary medicine and, you know, all of the natural ways. Because for me, in my life, it has always helped me. I do believe that sometimes you have to have modern medicine. It is just one of those things. But on a day-to-day living to prevent anything, I think if we could live more naturally, we could really, I think for for our mental health also, you know, what you eat and everything makes a huge difference, doesn't it, Mir? It does. It's a huge difference. There's In Chinese medicine, everyone refers to... Uh, this book called the uh, Huang Di Neijing, which means the Yellow Emperor's Classic. It's like the original book of Chinese medicine. And the whole of Chinese medicine for the last two and a half thousand years has been built on, on that book. Mm-hmm. And in the first chapter, in the first paragraph, one of the things it talks about is how to keep basically uh, a healthy, long life. And it's built, uh, it's a really interesting kind of book in terms of it asks uh, this, uh, basically the Yellow Emperor, which most people think is a fictional character asking someone called Chibo, uh, which is like a, again, we think a fictional kind of doctor or wise person. Lots mm. of this person is answering the yellow emperor uh, mm. and telling some very wise things. And the yellow emperor asks Chibo, um, you know, h- how long did people live for before? And Chibo said 120 years uh, easily, uh, but, you know, could be longer before. And uh, and then the emperor would say, well, how was this achieved? And Chibo would say, well, it's very simple. Uh, first, uh, you know, they must look after their diet. They must, you know, have good sleep, go to sleep when it's dark, wake up when it's light, not work too hard, uh, drink water, have exercise, um, and, you know, go about their daily life with as little stress and uh, not too much uh, kind of, not too much joy, which means basically not excessive, um, not being excessive, you know, not partying all the time. So taking the middle way, so the middle way, the middle way. Yeah. Mm. And this, this, uh, was a collection of bamboo, uh, that was written down, uh, 2,400 years ago. And they, this was written about, um, how they said, they said this was how the ancients did it. So they're referring to people way older than them. And this is how they lived to 120 uh, or longer. So, you know, people know about this all around the world and have known about it a long time. It's just that we seem to have uh, complicated it. And so, and so as Yeah, so as human life. beings, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. But it's simple, isn't it? It's about the simplicity of life and a simple way of life. I mean, if we lived on a farm and we had, you know, our own animals or, you know, grew our own vegetables, life would be far less complicated don't you think absolutely absolutely and i think that's part of the reason why my uh, my uh, grandmother's 104 and mm. why her mother well they said she lived to 113 though we suspect in reality it's closer to 108 109 something like that incredible um, my goodness so, you know still really good but i think you know they they led those very simple lives they basically uh, drank clean water ate clean food worked the land themselves were surrounded by family. Um, and remember, you know, this was basically, if we're talking about my grandmother who is still alive in, in the southern part of the Philippines or her mother, you know, mm. often there's no electricity. So it's candlelight um, or nothing. That's it. Or sunshine. Yeah. You know, so when it's dark, you're going to sleep. You know, when it's light at yeah. four o'clock, 
you're waking up. So you, you went with the natural rhythms of the earth and of the planet and of the universe. And um, that's if you led that middle way, if you went with the way of the world, you didn't go against it. This is basically what happens. And you, you live a, a long, fulfilling life, you know, hopefully largely full of good health and happiness. Um, and that's just the way it works. But um, modern life and everything else kind of complicates things. But <laughs> that's, that's Yeah, it, it certainly does. And <laughs> I, I, I think a lot of the things from the ancients that I've looked at and um, that I've been taught is that there is a wisdom that is universal. It doesn't matter what background you're from or where you're from, but there is a certain river that flows that is consistent in humanity and in the animal world and in the plant world that is a sustainer of life. You know, yes. as you said, there is, I know that you do qigong and all of these internal arts. Now, is that, they use that principle, don't they, of this life force? Yes, that's right. Yes, so life force or kind of chi, as it's mm. often described, of um, the I guess the literal English translation is energy, but it's far more than that. That's not even uh, a correct way of, of describing it. But let's say life force or what, yeah. vitality is is a far better way of describing chi. That's that's a very very important part of of qigong, the internal arts, and I guess just in being. Uh, mm. you know but uh, of course it's ignored in terms of sort of being in terms of just walking to the post office or or brushing your hair or, or doing the dishes or smiling at people it's it's all present it's always there but we kind of reserve it for special practices like qigong and meditation when we then turn our attention to what is always there anyway uh, we just kind of remind ourselves uh, and then do a special practice to what what is uh, always available and abundant. But, um, yeah. How do you live in that moment, Mir? How can how can we live in a way that is? I don't even want to say mindful because that's been overused, but in a way where we are fully awake and present in every moment, um, that we are actually being sustained by this life force, so to speak. Yeah. So, so there are many ways. So there, let's say there are two roads to it. One is to do the practices. Let's say you do lots of Qigong, meditation, breathing, mm -hmm. a combination of all of them. So you have these separate practices and then you get about your life where you kind of forget about it or maybe think about it every now and then. But it's not until you you do these practices that you remind yourself of, of the wonderment of, of the world and, you, and the universe. Mm. The other way is to almost absorb yourself completely in it and to let all the things that are getting in the way kind of dissolve away. So you can still be very much present in life and you can still have a job, you can still drive from the M1 down to London uh, and not kind of like uh, space space out and be in, on a different planet in your mind. But yeah. You're, you're the things which get in the way like stress and and anger you kind of you recognize them immediately and you let them dissolve as soon as possible obviously that's not always um possible to do very easily or, or very quickly uh but that's uh, it can be done so it's what you're doing is removing the obstacles um and that comes back to what we were saying at the beginning about perspective and mm. if you're looking at things and thinking 
um, how things are always difficult for us. Though, you know, why is it always me? Why, why is it always like this? You know, again, that's often a matter of perspective. Um, mm. And, you know, it, it may always be you. It may not always be you. It's, it's back to that habit thing. You know, you've created mm-hmm. a habit and told yourself something for 30 days that you now believe is the absolute truth. And now you are living according to this truth that you've told yourself, you know, and you can live by that for years. I mean, I was, I was listening to something on the radio a few months ago. They were talking about how phobias for some people are, are made and they uh, the psychiatrist or psychologist perhaps uh, she was saying but it could be formed in five or ten minutes when you're young and it can be that really that's form. interesting really, tell, that's, tell us a little bit about that because i'm interested oh she um, said such an easy uh, thing she said you could be sat at the table mm. and uh, a meal is presented to you and then someone says okay you need to eat your greens uh, and then you've perhaps don't like the look at them, how they taste or how they smell. And then you say no. And I said, no, you must eat your greens. Otherwise, you're not allowed to leave the table. And then you say no. Or in that moment, you eat them, one or the other. But in your mind, what you do immediately is you say to yourself, I don't like greens. Oh, yuck, I hate greens. And then within the same sentence or the same paragraph in your head, you suddenly say, I don't like broccoli. I don't like anything green. And you grow up telling yourself that and oh, that message stays in your head. And before you know it, you've told yourself you're allergic to green food. You don't eat anything except uh, things that are red, yellow and beige. And suddenly in, in a few minutes, you have kind of programmed yourself for a lifetime of kind of basically untruths or something that you've done to yourself as a four or five year old or six or seven year old. And that's how you live your life, according to that. And, you know, I've met people and treated people who kind of only eat pizza and only eat tomatoes, pizza and chips. That is it. They, they don't eat anything else. And these are, you know, these are grown adults. Um, I've met people like that. How do you deal with people like that? Um, as one of my teachers said, is to to land gently on the topic Um and the way I personally do it is mm. um, lots of different ways. I, I don't force the issue. I I think one of the things that happens is people are f- fully aware of their own misgivings and of their own issues. They they know mm. what they do wrong and they know they shouldn't do something. So especially these people who only eat pizza and chips, uh, they know they shouldn't do that. And that's fine. And what I do is I just leave them with the information um, let's say perhaps a classic is people not drinking enough water and they come to me for, for backache or dry skin or something like that. And yeah. and I'll say, okay, well, you know, if you if you don't drink water, I totally understand it and that's absolutely fine. Uh, but you do understand that the reason why your skin is dry is because it's not being nourished by enough, you know, it's been not being hydrated enough. You know, the, the mm. water you have is enough from the food that you eat and the fruit, fruit that you eat to perhaps hydrate your brain your heart, perhaps really important functions, but it's, you don't have surplus. You don't have anything that's going to help uh, with the dry eyes, with the dry skin, the, the dry nails and the dry hair. So, you know, as long as you know that, that's absolutely fine. And I think I just basically give people the information and let them, uh, let them process it in a way that's comfortable for them. I, I don't want to force anything on people. Um, I think I've come to the realisation that, you know, People make their decisions rightly or wrongly. It's it's not even my 
you know, it's, it's their way. It's not my way. I, I just give the information. Uh, we all have to find our, our own way. And if I can give information, fine. And if they choose to do something with that information that's out of their own comfort zone, then I'll help them as much as I can. Absolutely. And yours is a very genteel approach, isn't it? Because there's no force in it. Because I know some therapists, <clears throat> they have a very tough approach um, to things. But I think gentleness in the end wins the game somehow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you come to um, kind of Chinese philosophy and arts, etc., mm -hmm. you know, there's yin and yang, and yang is very forceful, and you know, it's, it's about you know, kind of it'd be you know, make if someone's scared of spiders, you put them in a room full of spiders, you know, and you know, all that kind of thing. And then the very yin way, a, a very soft, gentle way, would be not even to be speaking about it, and perhaps you know, perhaps then you know, you might see something on the wall that's made from a light, the, the shadowing uh, from a, a lampshade that's reminiscent of, let's say, um, a cobweb or mm. shape of cobwebs. And then you just let that sink in or, you know, have spider plants or things that aren't overtly connected but have a tenuous link. And then very slowly, slowly let that seep in and then they see more cobwebs and things that have gentle associations and then you breathe gently with it and... Uh, yeah, I think having a yin soft approach can be actually way more powerful. Um, a very masculine, strong, young approach. Yes, of course it works. And I, I think I I have that as part of my personality, especially as a martial artist. That's how we, yes. we do things, you know. But um, I've perhaps I'm getting a bit old uh, and doing too much <laughs> meditation. And, uh, you know, I kind of see that actually the the more powerful way is actually to uh, to be soft and gentle. It's, it's longer lasting anyway. Yes. And do you think it's like when the river flows? Sometimes it flows very gently, but sometimes it needs to flow with power. It depends on the circumstance and the situation, I suppose. Uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's how rivers are cut, isn't it? You know, rivers mm -hmm. kind of cut into gorges and they cut through rock through one drip at a time, through, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. And it's... Um, you know, and then they become unstoppable forces of nature. And it's um, mm. that that soft, long-term, long game is, one, it's obviously it's softer, um, it's gentler, uh, it's kinder, but it can, I think in the grander scheme of things, more often than not, it's more compassionate too, um, which for the betterment of people is uh, is a better thing overall. You know, you, you kind of people have choices and whether they make those choices or not uh, is entirely up to them because it's obviously it's, it's their karma and their, their way, it's their life. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're not forcing the issue, then that I've come to understand is, is a better way. Um, in, in my current understanding of where, where I see things anyway, uh, because, you know, I didn't always think like this, you know, I've still been young I would also force the issue and think that that'd be the best, better way mm. of doing things but as you get older you know you kind of stand back and let people make their own choices which some people think is a bit standoffish perhaps or perhaps even a bit aloof I can understand that but what you're actually doing is something that's really quite powerful and compassionate you're doing something called witnessing you're mm. you're 
you're bearing witness to someone making a true a true decision from themselves you know that they haven't been forced into the information's there but it's come from entirely from them really they've made the final decision um you know the the reminders might be there the influence might be there but they're the ones that have decided to act upon it whereas a very strong kind of way of dealing with things would be saying no you must do this you must you must eat your greens you must do this you mustn't go out you must say this you must marry this person all of that mm. you know, that's a very strong way of doing things and it's the way people do things all the time but if um you know, and of course, can work, but can have equally adverse reactions. So it's just, uh, it's not always the way. It's not always the way. There are different ways, of course, and you have to find, we all have to find our own way. Um, but yeah. It's, it's, it's true. You know, if you, give, if you give space for people to, to grow, then out of that kind of very compassionate, held space, people do something that's right for them and for others. That's really profound because um, a couple of things came to my mind when you were speaking, Mir, because it's very true what you say. You have to allow people to be who they are. I was When I was running one, one of my workshops, and um, I won't say the country, um, but we had a reflexology and a breathing workshop, and we had a lady who wanted to come onto the workshop and she wanted to do the reflexology, which is to do with the feet, of course. But her thing was that she didn't want to take her shoes off, <laughs> which sort of makes it impossible. And my friend's husband at the time, he is a psychologist and they'd been working with her for four years because she did not want to take her shoes off ever. <laughs> so she had a thing. You know, we yes, all have our yeah, things. And the funny thing is, she said, I want to have a treatment with Mimi. And they said, well, what treatment do you want? And she said, a reflexology. Okay. So we went into the room and she was looking at me because she was testing me. You know how people do. And yes. I said, so you want a reflexology? She said, yes, yes, yes. I said, okay. I said, so how do you want me to do it? And she said, well, however you do it. I said, well, usually we do it on the feet. And she said, right. She said, I've got shoes on. I said, I know. <laughs> so I thought, okay, okay, this will be interesting. But I will never forget this lady for the rest of my life. And I said, okay. I said, so how, how do we do this? And she said, well, I'll do it how you want to do it. I thought, well, I'm not going to mention take your shoes off because clearly she doesn't want to take her shoes off. Yes. I said, I don't know. Should we do it over your shoes? She said, over my shoes and I said yes she wasn't you know and I said let's do it over your shoes she said well that's a bit ludicrous I said oh well how do you want to do it she said, well I'll take my shoes off so she took her shoes off <laughs> and I, I was totally normal about the whole thing and we were totally normal and she walks out because my friends had a clinic and she had no shoes on and they were just totally flabbergasted and after they said Four years we tried to get her to take her <laughs> bloody shoes off. And I said, I know, what did you do? I said, I just accepted that she wanted to wear the shoes. Yes. And that yes. was it. In that moment, you know, in that moment of just saying, do you want to wear the shoes? Then just wear the shoes. Yeah. No, and it's as simple as that, isn't it? Sometimes it's one of those 
eureka moments where the conditions and the timing and the acceptance of someone mere, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really important. You know, that acceptance of of who you are, allowing allowing that space for people to to be who they are and to have have questions up in the air and to have silence and to have you know maybe have nothing there as it were you know no forcefulness no no agendas you know other uh agendas just allows for something to to come of itself doesn't it and that's that's perfect yeah that's that's how things work (laughs) it's true i mean humans are fascinating for me and um I remember I had um, a lady that I was dealing with and she had a hand that was deformed and um, she kept stroking this hand and it was just to get my attention. She was a client of mine, a patient of mine. And I said to her one day, why do you keep stroking it? She said, because you don't want to talk about it. I said, oh, so you want me to give you attention? And she said, well, yes, that's why I'm stroking it. Mm. and. It's sim- simply, I think, sometimes that we just need love. Yes. You know, that's, right. yeah. that's what we're all sort of craving for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, um, I think, acknowledgement. An awful lot of people want acknowledgement, mm. attention, you know, space, and acknowledgement of who we really are. Absolutely, yeah. you know, because a lot of people aren't seen. Most people aren't seen. You know, you're the person that works in the office who works next to Brenda or you're the person that does the photocopying, you know, mm. you know, you're not seen. You're the, you're the person who walks down the road with the dog. You're, you know, you're that dog's dad or whatever, you know, you just, you're not, yeah. seen. you know, it's uh, people always kind of, when we used to have a dog, Alfie, as you know, you know, people, yeah. people say, Oh, there's Alfie's dad. You know, they, they didn't know who I was <laughs> or what I did, or they didn't yeah. see me. They, they saw the dog. <laughs> you know, yes. you were connected dog, because dad, of the yeah. dog. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. it, you know. And I think, uh, especially in this, this, you know, current era, you know, just people people are wanting to be seen. They want to be acknowledged. They want to see for who they are. But unfortunately, because of social media and the way things are, people have a superficial way of being seen, you know, and, and wanting to be seen. And they want to be heard. But in this world where, you know, so many people are, are putting themselves forward, uh, with superficial things, people are having to do crazier and crazier things to be heard, you know. Um, and you know, even long-established um, institutions, you know, such as news channels, etc., they're having to do do things that, so that they can be heard because they are no longer as relevant as they once were, you know. So, mm-hmm. because everyone's turning to social media for their news and for the information suddenly these institutions which you know have been around for decades or even hundreds of years you know whether they're newspapers or news outlets or media outlets of some some sort they're no longer being heard so now they're having to do things which are outlandish so that people see them now you know they're they're acting in like so that they can be seen because everyone's paying attention everywhere else and you've got absolute information overload uh, and everyone's basically the underlying message is people want to be seen you know people want to be acknowledged but the funny thing is me it's like a double-edged sword because the people that you see mostly I'm not saying all but a lot of people that you see on social media the lives that they portray 
and not real anyway. Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. As I was speaking to someone, one of my, um, well, I was going to say, she'd love me to call her one of my younger patients, but she's probably in her 30s now, but I've, I've, known, I've known her since she was a, a school child. Um, mm. So, you know, she was telling me how uh, she knew people who, uh, she's in London and involved in the whole corporate world, and she knows people who who work, uh, and all they do is they, they live in not particularly uh, nice apartment, but they do have these two very nice cars. And they spend all their money on just the apartment and the two nice cars that they rent that don't belong to them. Mm. And they do all the social media uh, stuff, lots of Instagram uh, and other things with pictures of them looking like they're going to places, doing things, making themselves look like they have very interesting kind of lives. And she said, it's, it's all a lie. And she said, they don't do anything except stay in the house and take pictures of themselves in the car. So they even kind of hire um private jets they're the people that rent out private jets for half an hour it's left on the runway but people do that yeah they do that and she said you know you can take a picture of yourself uh you know walking up and going down uh kind of the ramp or onto a private jet take take pictures of you on the private jet and whatever you want for half an hour and obviously you, you could have weeks or months worth of viewing there i guess if you change your clothes a few times that's you kind of done for the next year, really, isn't it? it looks I like can't you're going to believe that. Places. Yeah, and then she says, that's it, and occasionally do that. So, you know, they're living this lie where they're basically unfulfilled, where they're telling the world that they're off on jets, going to places, that they've got these nice cars, that they're doing really cool, interesting things with, and they're making other people feel really inadequate uh, because they, those people can't attain what they think these people have, and it's all a lie. No, it's, it's lie upon lie upon lie. And it's just, you know... Isn't that sad, Mick? Yeah, that we're lacking the truth. We're lacking real that's, truth. That's there. the point. That's the point. Where is the truth? Yeah. Because the truth isn't hidden. The truth is there. The truth it's, is there. The truth is obvious. And big people and don't believe the truth. <laughs> they believe the lies. No, that's right. That's right. And, you know, again, you know, and there's this um, book called The Tao Te Ching, which is a kind of a, a classic. It's the, it's the second most translated book in the world after the bible mm-hmm. after the christian bible and it's um you know and, and it talks about this and it, it just talks about the lies and truths and falsehoods and this is what happens you know and it's happened you know it's obviously been happening for thousands of years in china mm. that it was so important that they decided to write it down on on scrolls so that it would be kept and told down to future generations uh, and it's happening now, and it basically happens in every single age, and always will be. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's history repeating itself. And I always think of that um, fairy story. You know, the emperor's new clothes. Yes. Um, yes. You know that story. Uh, yes. yeah. People out there, it's um, an emperor, and he was tricked into having these clothes, and they weren't real because the tricksters um, made him go naked. And it was only a child, wasn't it, Mir, that shouted <laughs> yes. out, That's but he's right. not wearing any clothes. But, you know, everyone had believed the lie. And sometimes right. I feel like I'm in that type of world. <laughs> We are, we are, Mimi. We are in that world. You know? I feel like it. You know, whether we're, we're told that we should have a million followers on social media, yeah. whether we're told that wearing um, a makeup in a certain way is yes. is the is the current truth, or our clothes in a certain way is is the truth, or we should have a certain cars or whatever, mm-hmm. or watch mm-hmm. certain programs. The, you know, they're all the emperor's new clothes. You know, it's just all it's all terrible. Yeah, it's uh, they're all. It, 
untruth and the truth is always there and obvious because it's um it's basically what people don't do and they know they should <laughs> yes and that's i think this is the whole thing i think i don't know what's made what's made i'm not wise enough to say what's made society become false um I don't know if it's the rise of material wealth. Yeah. Um, I really don't have the answer to that, but I feel sad because I have a friend of mine and she's totally obsessed with sh social media and you can talk to her and she'll be in a bad mood. And I'll say to her uh, only the other day, what's wrong? And she said, I'm such a bad mood. And I said, why? Oh, I was looking at, I don't know what it was, um, Instagram, I think it was, that's her favourite. And I don't look like anybody there. And, you know, they're having such a good life. And I said, but it's all BS. It's not true. Yeah. She said, it is true. Otherwise, they wouldn't put it up. No, it's not. And it's think, not true at all. Oh, my it's goodness. Not. Hours on social media. Yeah. And it's all a lie, Mir. It's all a lie. You know, one, you know, if you talk about Instagram, obviously they're not the only people, but, um, you know, like There's some two, beautiful things on there, oh, actually. wonderful. Like it's recipes brilliant. and all sorts yeah, yeah. of things. Well, excellent. You can see really inspirational things in there. It's wonderful. I think, you know, just like any tool, you know, things can be used Absolutely. for good or bad. And it's, you know, I remember a couple of years ago when I was uh, on a beach with a friend down in, we were down in Cornwall, and she's got three children, three girls, three beautiful girls and they were basically arguing all day you know not, it was one of those days when nothing was going right you know everyone was everyone was arguing things were left behind and you know it was just the girls had to be separated and they were talking to each other and then there was arguments about where we were going to sit on this beach and it, it was just one of those things you know myself my partner and, and and the other couple we just sat there and the girls weren't getting on and then for perhaps I don't know there must have been like five ten fifteen seconds when on the speech, the, you know, the, the sun was going down and the girls looked like they were kind of from the perspective, and again, it's all about perspective, from mm. the perspective we were sat at, it looked like they were all getting on. So the mum, she took a photo and uh, on the photo, it looked like all three girls were playing on the beach, gathering stones to make something really pretty, you know, beaches mm. in the background, uh, you know, yeah, the, yeah. And, all this, and, and it looked gorgeous. And she put it up on, uh, on Instagram, and said, you know, and said something about how the perfect whatever happened and how beautiful the girls were. And, you know, about five, ten seconds after that photo was taken, you know, one of the girls said something mean to the other girl and it was all back to normal again. But if you didn't know that, and I spent that whole day, you know, we, we stayed mm -hmm. at that house for about a week and I spent the whole day with them and she took a photo of the five or ten seconds in which everything kind of seemed to look okay. Post that onto Instagram, and the world must have thought, wow, she has this wonderful life. How amazing is that? But the rest of the day wasn't like that at all. Yeah. She basically posted a half truth or a real truth in amongst a bigger lie. You know, it was just, um, it's crazy. But, you know, social media is full of that. And I think if we, as long as we accept that and know that, then that's fine. Whereas if we start believing our own untruths and other people's, mm. we're in trouble mm. and we feel inadequate. We feel that we're not uh, good enough, we feel insecure uh, and we feel unhappy. And, you know, it all comes down to perspective. And I think, you know, people are starting to believe these things when they should know that it's uh, it's all made up, really. <laughs> it's all made up. And, you know, the whole world is made up, it seems to me. Um, yeah. If you don't look at your phone and you don't look at anything, um, sometimes I completely switch off and 
I have nothing to do with anything. It's my way of recharging. You realize really the simple things in life um, are the most powerful, you know, and I think we do talk a lot and we talk a lot. Well, I've, I've, I'm, I'm sure you don't, but I sometimes I think, why are you saying that? It's complete nonsense. And it's because, you know, it's this thing of society where you sometimes have to do what you have to do as part of your work or whatever. Yes. But what I'm curious about, Mir, is you have traveled the world and you have met masters in their field. Yes. What is it that they have taught you? Some, I'm sure they've taught you so many things that you can't share, but of the mm. things that you can what have they taught you as a person that you can share with us today? I think for me, but the things that I keep taking away is, is to always learn, whether it's to continue learning from, from your life, from uh, higher sources of information, whether they be kind of book of truths or books of truths, whether you, know, you feel that's of a particular religion, that's fine, or of a particular philosophy, that's fine. But that there is always a higher power and something that's bigger than ourselves. You know, we're, we're, we're a small part of a bigger picture and a big part of smaller pictures. You know, it, it goes always at, at all times. And there's much more uh, than just ourselves. You know, we've got to see the big picture. Yeah. So I, I guess for me is to, is to continue learning. And one of the best things I heard is because I'm involved in my kind of lineage martial arts and kind of passing on of information of martial arts, meditation, and, and perhaps kind of acupuncture and Chinese medicine is, yeah. is, to, is to pass on as much information as possible. One of the things is one of my teachers made this very clear, and he, he said of himself is that it took him, you know, 28 years to, uh, of apprenticeship to learn as much as he could from his master's and he got to a point when he was then able to pass them on to us. And he was trying to pass them on uh, in as quick a time as possible. Not to skip things, but, you know, just what took him 28 years because he was in different countries or different times. He could pass on the essence of all of that information and not miss a single thing in perhaps half the time. And I can do the same thing in, you know, perhaps the same time or half the time again. You know, all the Kung Fu that it took me, uh, you know, let's say 30 years of, of Kung Fu and about 40 years of martial arts experience. That's how long you you've know. been doing it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? martial, martial arts for about a total of 40 years, uh, mm -hmm. kind of Chinese Shaolin Kung Fu for 30 years and, and the Taoist Neigong, et cetera, for, for, for 20 years. And, you know, instead of kind of saying, listen, you need to go to the top of a mountain and go and sit there um, and then come to a certain realisation, they may or may not, do after 30 40 50 years of sitting on the mountain on the road mm. what you can mm. do is pass the, the essential information on to people so that they they get the information quicker and that's what i'm involved in is, is to pass that information on you know and it doesn't have to be done in in you know 30 years of cryptic clues you know as how i learned it I could tell you how to do things in 10 or 20 minutes that will skip 5 10 20 years of you having to search which means you're 10 or 20 years ahead, which means you can go off and do something that's 10 or 20 years you know, in the waiting now or tomorrow or the day after. I'm trying to get people better than me, faster than I got to this place. That's the most important thing. I want and how do you do that, Mir? 
what I'll do is obviously they have to want to learn and they have to put the mm-hmm. effort in. Um, but I will pass information on uh, to people who do want to learn and put the time and effort into it because I know because they're asking the right questions. I have students and I've only agreed to teach two people how to teach. Um, and they've been with me for the best part of, I guess, 20 years. And uh, they're the only two people that I'm teaching uh, kind of this Shaolin Qigong system. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I was the way I was taught was kind of old school. It's like, okay, here's, here's this little bit, learn this, now go away and okay. practice it for a few years. And then when you you have some questions, come back and ask me. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I did that for 10, 20, 30 years. But what I could say to them is, okay, here's this little bit, go and practice it, and come back and speak to me next week when you've done it. Okay. And then when they come back and speak to me next week or um, the next month, I could say, okay, that's really, really good. Now keep practicing a little bit more, but do this to it, do this little tweak to it. What have you found? And then they come back to me a month later. And then we do this and just keep repeating this. So what would have taken me 10 years of researching and coming back and getting a lot of things wrong Mm -hmm. and then coming back and saying, oh, I need to do it like this. I can do with them in one or two years. So now they are as good as I was after 10 years, but only in one or two. Now I want them so basically so that with 10 or 20 years of practice, they are better than I will be in my whole life. And then who knows where they could be after that. You know, I want them to be much better and I want their students to be much better than me too. People I will never meet or, or know of, you know, that's... But you've important. left a legacy. Yeah, and it's really important. All we're doing is part, passing on the torch, you know. It's just um, one, of the, one of the things I really like about um, old American society, kind of like, you know, people from the war generation, is one mm. of the things that they would say to people is just like, when you go somewhere, leave it better than you found it. You know, yeah. And, yeah. and that's a really important thing. I don't think people do that anymore, or even say that anymore. And, you know, and that might have been, you know, if you find somewhere to camp up in the hill somewhere, you know, don't leave it a mess. Make sure, you know, it's, you take your rubbish with you, you leave it clean, you make sure that the, the, the stream's working. And if it's, if it's got debris in it, clean it so the animals have clean, fresh water, uh, running water. Or if you go to visit someone's house, you know, mm. you eat dinner at the house, make sure you clean, you wash the dishes, you leave it neat and tidy, you leave them happier and more fulfilled than when you arrived. You know, you leave the, the place better than it was before you arrived. And, and that's really important. I think, you know, if I can leave my students better than I found them and they do the same to them, the world's going to be a better place. The information will be there and what people do with it is, is fine. But the possibilities are there. Whereas if I safeguard it and only keep it to myself, because yeah. I don't want people to be as good as me, or I don't want people to be better than me, or I want to sell my secrets to the highest bidder for financial gain, um, then I'm doing the complete opposite. And that's how, that's how arts and sciences disappear. And that's why so many martial arts systems have disappeared. That's why so many things in medicine have disappeared, because people are looking for financial gain, and then all of a sudden, yeah. the teacher dies, boom, that information's gone forever. You know, and what would have taken hundreds or thousands of years being passed down unselfishly gets to one person who does decide to be selfish, and then it ends. You know, and it's it's such a shame. You know, we're we're here for too short a time. Um, 
you know, I guess in our own human years, we're here in a blink, really, in terms of the universe. So, yeah, you know, why not be generous and why not be kind and why not be, you know, as useful as possible? Because I think, uh, you know, it, it just helps so many other people. You know, that's that's the best way to be. And then we all live better. And I think that's how we got here because you know people were were kinder, better, and uh, compassionate. And um, mm. that's how we've got to this place that we are in in, uh, in this great place. Yes, I mean, to impart the knowledge of the wise ones is very honourable and it's a huge responsibility. So I think, Mir, do you feel like you have, in a way, a huge responsibility? Yes, I think um, in, in Chinese they call it the burden of... Um, or the sorry, the obligation of burden uh, of lineage. Mm. You know, there's there's a burden to pass things on. You know, yeah. one thing that happens is, uh, you know, you're you're searching for all this information, and then you find it, and then you're like, wow, superb, and then you keep it, and you find out all you can about it, uh, and then suddenly, perhaps one day, you're the only person with the information. And you think, I'm the only one with information. And your ego kicks in and you think, I'm the best at this. I'm the only one with this. I'm, I can, I'm the one who can do this. Mm. And then you get a bit older and wiser and fatter and uglier. And then you think, oh, I'm the only one with this. This is not good. This needs <laughs> to be passed on. And then, you know, the penny drops. You know, from, you know, the ego kind of suddenly, hopefully disappears or kind of suddenly realises that, yes, you know, I'm the only one with this, to suddenly thinking, oh, no, I'm the only one with this. And then you're left with the burden of passing it on. You know, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a different ball game when that particular penny drops. Penny in drops. Right. Yeah, the penny <laughs> drops, and you need to suddenly pass it on. It's not supposed to end with you. You were fortunate in that you were past the baton, but it does not end with you. You need to pass it on too. And hopefully you pass it on better than you found it or in as just as good a condition as you found it. And the next person does their thing with it, you know, and hopefully they keep passing it on. So it's just uh, the obligation is real. It's important. And as you know, you know, I'm involved with different martial arts. And in yeah. a few of them, I, I'm involved with passing on in the, the information in terms of being an instructor, which is fine. And that's as far as it goes because there are, other people who are way more knowledgeable in those particular arts than I am. But in one or two of them, I'm near the the top end of the scale. So it becomes way more important that I do pass the information on. Not that I am just an instructor who kind of maybe does or doesn't teach, but it's important that I do teach and it's important that I do pass it on uh, because this information may or may not be passed on otherwise. And luckily there are a handful of us who are able to do so, but who knows what happens, you know, and it, things can happen, which mean suddenly one, two or three people in a group of five aren't able to pass things on. And suddenly that leaves you with one, two or three people who can. And, you know, who knows if you have the time or willingness or the ability to do so. Um, I know, so I think if you can do it, whilst you're young enough and have the ability to do so it's important to yeah. do so. and i'm you know i'm lucky that currently my my health is okay and currently my age is young enough to be able to pass things on 
but whether people are ready for truths and big truths is a is a totally different thing altogether. Well, that's another ball game altogether, <laughs> it isn't is. it? Um, it is. I, you know, with regards to this whole um, purpose in life, and I talk yes. a lot about it, and people talk a lot about finding your purpose. I mean, I think we know our purpose. You know, yes, um, you know, we we're born with it. We know it. Our life is destined for it, and a couple of people that I have known in my life, Mir, have denied this um, knowledge. And it has actually gone against them because yeah. I think we're going to talk sort of now in sort of a spiritual realm. But if we deny who we are, I think all of us, if we deny who we are and we go against really what our soul wants, I think we suffer greatly. Yes, yes. And I think also from the um, the bigger perspective is that others can suffer too. Yes. You know, because you haven't passed on the information, you haven't been who you were, mm. you weren't the light that you ought to have been, which mm. means other people didn't get to shine and they mm. weren't able to perhaps commit to their past, they weren't able to, to pass their tests or be acknowledged themselves. You know, so it's really, really important that we are who we are and who we're meant to be. Um, and, you know, sometimes we, we, well, more often than not, we have obstacles in the way. You know, we have mm. things from our past or people held us back or, or believes we believed untruths about ourselves, whether we thought we weren't good enough or we, we weren't special or no, we couldn't do this. And you start believing that. And then, you know, decades pass by and then you kind of, it's too perhaps too late but you know think about if we had acknowledged who we were or if we were lucky enough to find teachers you know which is why i've sought out masters because they kind of cleared the path for me you know i could have been stuck in places uh but they helped me clear my own path so that things were clearer which enables me to help others and then who knows what ripple effect that will have into into mm. you know where you know who who that would free up, you know, who, which other people become lights in their areas just because I was who I'm supposed to be. You know, that's that's really important. You know, you, you've got to free yourself. And, you know, often we cage ourselves, often we're caged by others. But if you can try and basically get past that, not be too involved in that, otherwise you're basically telling yourself you're a victim for the rest of your life. Then you don't get you don't get anywhere if you're yes. basically a victim for the rest of your life. What you need mm -hmm. to be thinking is, okay, this happened to me. Let's deal with it. But I need to see where, where it goes beyond this. This isn't who I am. You know, you don't want to identify with your or over-identify for too long with your own traumas. You know, you are not your past. You can be something very different now and you can mm. be very different in the next moment and in your future. You know, don't hold yourself to your past. Um, and you've got to keep moving forward because who knows what what you can be and where you can be. That's it's just, true. And where you can take other people. Yeah, exactly. Just because you were being, you, you freed yourself and you didn't believe the lies other people told you. Because people are always going to, you know, it's, it's one of those things that happens down uh, the line is that people always tell you you're not good enough and you're you shouldn't do this and it's because they were scared themselves or they were told that by other people that were scared or yes. angry or trying to hold them back and then they pass that on to you and then you pass your traumas and untruths on to other people your your own children your own grandchildren your neighbor or you know the person who's 
mm. who's got a dream to be something and you say oh god don't bother love you know go and do something else you'll, you'll never yeah. make it and then you've just squashed them and who knows where they could have been you know so or they might come back to that dream in 30 or 40 years time but what if they'd started earlier you know they could have inspired other people along the way too so you know things are things end up where they do but if you can free yourself don't identify with your own past traumas for too much for too long and move beyond that you know you move into a free a free space and that's where possibility lies really and that's uh, that's where everyone should be that's the vastness isn't it the vastness of the soul where you can feel free i mean people are always going to say to us you're this you're that you're this yeah. but we have to then reach a point in our life where we say well do you know what? It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks because if you mean good for me, if you want to encourage me, then you feel that in somebody, don't you? When you feel that somebody wants to inspire you, that someone wants you to move forward with your life, you have to remain with those people. The people that um, criticize you or put you down, they're not your people, are they? No, that's right. It's really important to keep away from that. You know, you're you're often a product of your environment, as as well as you know, nature, nurture. But you know, one of the big things is is the environment. You know, whether it's down to a cellular basis, or mm. as well, you know, the the cell membrane itself. You know, reacts uh, around its environment and changes according to its environment. It's the yes. it's the feelers to the outside. You know, and it kind of, if you look at stem cells, you know, they, uh, the, the membrane on the outside of a cell kind of says, oh, we're, we're around an ear. We should be an ear. And it changes that cell into an ear mm-hmm. or it mm-hmm. changes that stem, that stem cell into your left toenail, you know, because it's around the left toenail and what it should do. And yeah. it reacts to the stimulus around it. And, and we do as, as, as human beings, you know, if you're, you're told you're, you're not good enough. You'll never make yeah. this. Why are you doing this? You should lose hope. You're you're no good. Uh, you'll never make it. Then that's what you you kind of bring into yourself. But if you can take yourself out of that environment, uh, away from those people, uh, then you you'll be living totally different truths and endless possibilities. Or if you're surrounded by that, because that's your family, those are your friends, and you're in a place where people. You know, that's all they think about. You know, you can't leave that town. You can't leave that house. You can't leave that place. Then you have to change your own mind. And regardless of what people say to you and think, you think something else. You know, you've got a free mind and, you know, you have that. You know, when I was growing up, you know, I did this whole, you know, the whole chasing of martial arts and spirituality and, mm-hmm. and, and medicine. Every single step of the way, people say to me, why are you doing martial arts? Why wasting your time with this? Why don't you go and do something else instead? And people will say, why are you learning Chinese medicine? Go and become a doctor like your cousin. Why are you going to do this and the other? So for decades, people have every step of the way said, don't waste your time with this. Don't do that. Why are you doing this? And now, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years later, people will come to me saying, oh God, how did you manage to do this? This is great. Look Mm. how well you've done. Look, I wish I was just like you. These are the same people who decades ago were telling me not to do this. You know, yes. Just, they were the same, exact same people saying, no, don't do this, don't waste your time. Now, they come to me because I've been doing this for such a long time and I've achieved all that I have and now they're asking me for help. But they were the ones that were trying to bring me down before, you know, and it, it happens all the time and I still get it. People bring you down 
all the time. And, you know, often it's not, sometimes it's on purpose, of course, because they're perhaps they're envious of who you are and where you are. Yes. Uh, but a lot of the time it's because where they are in their own minds, you know, and because of what people were like to them. So you have to be strong enough in your own convictions uh, and in your own belief that you are who you are and you've got to kind of overcome these obstacles. You know, you don't, life isn't about everything being easy and a clear path and suddenly you attain nirvana and kind of transcend. That's that's yeah. not what it's supposed to be. There are supposed to be obstacles in the way. And you're supposed, you're supposed to often fail. You're supposed to often, you know, come across adversity and then you learn from this and you come back stronger. You figure out a new different way and a new different way again. And then you come across something else and you fail again. You think, oh, what do I need to do next time to kind of overcome this? And you just keep going on and on and on. And, you know, we all get to different different ends or different places by the end of the game. Uh, that's yeah. life. But it's, you know, you don't want to stop at the first hurdle where you think, oh, I'm not going to get anywhere. Because of course you're not, because you stopped where you were. Exactly. You know, exactly. It's like the rest of us, you just keep thinking, you know what? No, that's what I want to do. I'm not going to listen to the people telling me no. I'm going to listen to people who tell me yes. You know, And you should be the first person that tells yourself yes. When you go to a football game, not that I play football or, or watch it, but if you go to a stadium, well, before the mm. pandemic, you know, half the stadium is full of people on one side, and the other half is full of people on the other side. So you've got at least 50% of the people, if you're a player, 50% of those people are telling you you're rubbish. You're not good enough and you're not going to make yeah. it. But yeah. your, you know, your aim is to beat that side and to not believe that other side and to score goals and to win. You know, you're, if you're in a, in a stadium full of 50,000 people or 100,000 people, you've got 50,000 people shouting at you, telling you you're no good and you're not going to make it, you know? But remember, there's another 50,000 people telling you that you are, you know? Who do you listen to? This is the thing. This is one of the um, greatest battles, isn't it, Mir? In that, what would you say to people out there now who... Fear is one of the biggest things. Yes. You know, the fear that you are going to let somebody down, that you're not good enough, that this yeah. is going to happen, that that's going to happen, and, you know, the world's going to collapse. And, you know, it all could be true. But... Mm -hmm. For people out there who want to follow the steps that you are wisely um, advising, how do you begin? How do you begin to have that courage that if your partner or your brother or your sister or your cousin or your friends or whoever it is saying, you know what, don't bother because it's a rubbish idea and mm. don't do this and you're doing this wrong and you... How do you, what's the first step towards that road of courage? I would say kind of you've got to have some belief in yourself or knowing what you really want. At least have that direction that you're okay. looking at thinking, actually, no, I do want that. That I do actually want that. You know, have that conviction. Are you going to become the best of the world with it? It does it, it doesn't matter, I don't know. But have conviction that, no, that is what I want. Yes, I do want to learn how to do this. I do want to become that. Yes, I do want to become a doctor uh, age 54. I'm going to start studying, you know, uh, or I want to become a black belt in this, or I want to build my own house on an island. You know, know what you want, kind of, or at least have that direction of thinking, no, I do want that. 
and then you make little steps towards that you know there are always going to be obstacles but what you yeah. do is kind of think okay what can i do what can i do what can i do and then you step around things anything okay but you have that clear sight you know so people have uh, what are called vision boards don't they they want yes. a vision board of where they want their life to be or what their house to look like in 20 mm. years time and they have that there and if you need that then make yourself a vision board you know cut things out of a magazine or draw things or have a piece of paper with the name of something on it or you know in 20 years time you want to be rich and famous or you want a swimming pool in your house then you write that down or you have a you cut things out of a magazine or if you don't have access to any of that or money for any of that you keep that in your mind you don't forget that swimming pool that you want or that uh, achievement that you want you know and then you basically keep that in mind and you keep working towards it and you turn up you have to do the hard work yes you know that's I, very well, true. you know one of the things with the black belts and there's a real cliche in the martial arts is that a black belt is just someone who just kept turning up you know and mm-hmm. it's so so true you know black belts aren't necessarily special people you know the, you know as you said in the intro you know i've, I've got to a, a fairly accomplished position in the, in the martial arts and there were before me, there are people who are way, way better than me, way more talented, uh, way better in every single way. And I just kept going. And they fell by the wayside because things happen. Life happened. They got bored. They got injured. They decided they wanted to do something else instead. And I just kept going. I just going and going and going and going. And I'm the one that just basically got to the end. Others too. You know, but we got to these goals because we just kept going because we know what we wanted and we didn't stop going for it. And, you know, life doesn't give you things just because you want it. You have to work for it and you have to be willing to sacrifice. You have to be willing for the long game. You know, I've got to this place after, like I said, decades. This isn't something I decided on last year and then I got it because my dad was rich. That that isn't the case. Mm, You know, that's very much not the case. You know, and it's, you know, I, I got there because I kept working hard. I kept sacrificing and I sacrificed an awful lot. And so did the people around me as well. You know, they they knowingly and unknowingly sacrificed things because of me wanted to get to where I wanted to get to. And it's, um, and it's just worked out. So it's one step at a time and just know the end goal because life is going to hit you sideways. You're going to end up somewhere else. And you're going to think you want something else. You know, how many people that we speak to that, you know, they're, they're doing something in life and then you speak to them and you say, oh, what did you want to be when you were a teenager or when you're young? Yeah, and they, yeah. they all say, you know what, I, I always wanted to be a vet. You know, it's, it's what I dreamed mm-hmm. of. I always went to the zoos and I did this, that, the other, and I love dogs and animals. But, you know, I had I had two children and I had to take up a, a job in the local supermarket and this is where I am. You know, that's normal. But, you know, life will always go sideways. But, you know, a lot of the times if we keep working towards that same goal and we never let lose sight of it, you know, you will get, often you will get there. Sometimes you get very close and sometimes you'll be really lucky and launched forward uh, towards mm-hmm. it. You know, and it's because... And I think if, you know, like attracts like, you know, and if you're, if you're, that's the truth. And if you're, if you're determined and you're working in that direction, you know, those people who are holding you back and all those people who tell you can't do this and all those people who tell you aren't good enough, 
those aren't going to be the people surrounding you anymore. You're going to be surrounded by people saying, what i know someone who can do that you know what i can help you towards that you know what i think that's a great idea i think you should do that that's what you're going to be surrounded by and the other people in the background you know their their voices will become quieter and you'll be uh you know you'll be in a very very different place excellent advice and very true and i suppose mir it's about what excites your spirit and your soul what is it that makes you feel alive and i suppose equally in knowing what you want you also need to find out what don't you want and that eliminates as you said the football story 50 percent evaporates because you know either you want a red car or a blue car and if you want a blue car there's no point in looking at red cars yeah totally yeah, you know, why would you be a football player on a in a on a pitch mm. in a stadium? Why would you listen to the fifty thousand people who are telling you you can't do it and you're not good enough and you shouldn't do yeah. it? You're going to listen to the fifty thousand people who want you to do it, who are egging you on, who are telling you yes, you can do it, go for it. That's who you listen to, you know. And you you have those people in your mind. You a good surround, analogy. you know, you surround yourself with those people, and you you have that going forward and. Yeah, there's always me telling you people you can't do. I still have people tell me, you know, most weeks I shouldn't do things or can't do things or why are you bothering to do things? How do you deal with that? You know what? I use it as fuel, personally. I use it as motivation to to go and do it. You know, um, like one of the things, I remember someone kind of laughing at me saying, my God, why do you want to learn how to speak Chinese? You know, and then they kind of really laughed at me as if to say, "Don't, don't bother. You know, that made me think, you know what? I am going to continue to learn how to speak Chinese. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to do it really, really well. And one day, I'm going to surprise you because they can speak Chinese very well. They're they're a native, you mm. know. And and the whole point of a lot of things I have, you know, I've still got goals. And and I'm not even doing it just to surprise that person and say, you know what? See, I can, I tell you, I could do it. You know, I'm doing this for myself because I have other things that are part of the bigger picture. They're more important than one person telling me that I can't do it. I've got that to look forward to. You know, that's what I'm aiming towards. I'm not listening to one person who is of little significance in my life telling me that I can't do it. Unfortunately, that's how we're programmed. You know, as, as human beings, we've evolved to kind of listen to criticism, you know, and if 100 people tell us we're great, but one person tells us we're not, we, we spend so much of time of our, you know, our brains thinking, why doesn't this person like me? Why yeah. did they say But that's what we do. That's what we're, you know, evolved to do. But what we can do is supersede that, you know, we have choice, yeah. you know. Don't listen yeah. to that one person. You know, use them as fuel to think, you know, like I am. You know, I'm going to use that person as fuel to say, oh, you thought I couldn't do it. I'll tell you what, I can. I've had people telling me I can't do things forever. And I'll tell you what, every one of those people, decades later, are coming, looking to me, and they're mm. asking me to inspire them now. You know, and it's, you know, and anyone can do this. If I can, anyone can do this. Quite know? an achievement. That's quite an achievement. And I suppose it, it's a testimony to your courage and faith in yourself. That's one of the most important things, isn't it, Mir? Yes, yeah, absolutely. But we can all do this. You know, this is just me and my little story. But, you know, every one of those people listening, everyone who's out there, you know, they, they have this same or similar story and they they can be uh, 
the new brave person. They can be the person who's who's inspiring others. You know, you just got to know what you want and you just go for it. You know, you're going to be you're going to be in that stadium with fifty thousand people booing yeah. at you. You know, and that's just life. <laughs> that is it. But don't forget, you've got fifty thousand people telling you to go for it and how great you are. You know, and that's what you look forward towards, and those are the people you work towards. You know, one of the things that actors are told is that you know when you're in um, when you're in the theatre and you're acting, you're you're standing out and looking out into the stage, and people look bored, it looks like they don't want to be there. You know, there's one person, there's always one person who's looking at you in absolute awe, thinking, oh my gosh, this is the most magical thing that's ever had to happen to me, watching this person out on stage. And that is a talk to focus on that one person, you know. Yeah. Person you make that, that difference for. And whether or not what I do is important in a larger scheme of things, if I can affect one person in life who then can go and affect one more other person who can do the same thing, then I've succeeded, you know, and I, you know, I, I think everyone can do that, you know, and it doesn't matter if you think what you do is important or big or small, but you should go for it, you know, and you are important. We are all important. Otherwise we wouldn't be here. You know? True. And I love your story about the light that you shared with me a while ago, mm-hmm. um, about being the light in your community, being the light wherever you are. Yes. That is, such an inspiring story I still think of it you know that and <laughs> it, it's beautiful just quickly as we reach the end um, tell, tell us a little bit about this light because it was so inspiring I have to say to everybody out there um, you know when you hear one of these sort of pearls of wisdom this was one of them me, um, said to me about um, I'm going to let him tell you it anyway me, yeah, please well, Sure. Well, one of the important things is that, you know, the world of darkness, which is currently where we are, I guess, in the universe at the moment, is that we've got to be our own lights. And you have to be the light that is not only the light for yourself, but for others. And you will you will inspire others because you are yourself, because you are your own light, and other people's lights will will come online. And they will realize who they are because you are inspirational because you are being who you are, you know, and who you're meant to be. And if you believe all the untruths and all the things that people tell you you're not and you're not good enough, then your light gets dimmer. But if you believe what you know to be real in yourself, in your own heart, and you know which is the truth and you become your own person, other people will see that light inside you and they will become inspired. They will want to go and, and be the light for others. And it's really, really important because we're all here. We're all meant to be on this place for a reason, you know. And mm. the, the problem is we, we get covered and shrouded in, in untruths and all these things that hold us back. But when we kind of let go of those things, when those things dissolve, when those things are taken away from us, if we're lucky that we find someone who takes those things away from us, then our light shines within us and people look to us for inspiration and people find that, you know, and inspirational people, they hang around with other inspirational people and other people who aren't inspired look to them. They say, oh my gosh, look how amazing that person is for whatever reason it is, you know, and then they become inspired to become the light themselves. And maybe 
the more important thing is that they become the light that they're meant to be. And then other people from a distance will see them and become their own light. And, you know, it's just, it's just so, so important to become who you are and you will inspire others to become who they are just by being yourself. And that's really why we're here, you know, and if we go off and do that and yes, we, I don't know, maybe we were supposed to be the gym instructor. Maybe we were supposed to be the, whoever it is. And that's fine. But, you know, if yeah. you can be who you are along the way, you will touch so many lives and, and be important to so many other people in so many ways that you wouldn't, you wouldn't ever find out and never know in this lifetime. But you can light the way for others just by being who you are. That is really, really important. And that's what we should all strive for. And that's what I strive for. And um, that's all I do. I just do that on a daily basis. And I am just who I am. And I hope others will be who they are. And, um, you know, things get better for everyone. You know, the, the, the world is full of change and things change at the moment. Things are dark and tomorrow there will be light again and it will be dark again and be light again, you know. But yeah. Um, yeah. we've just got to find ourselves and keep being who we are. And uh, things will be as they are, you know, everything furthers. It'll be fine. Beautiful. I love that. And that's why I really wanted you to share that, Mir, because it's so simple. And again, simplicity at its best is the most beautiful and a beacon of light. And that's certainly what you are and helping others to be the best that they can be. That I think is really where we find peace, where we find love and compassion. Yeah, absolutely. That is is what the world needs. That's what our lives need. It's what every single one of us, you know, from whatever sort of animal kingdom, plant kingdom, everything wants to be told they're beautiful and everyone wants to be loved. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's really important. We all want to be loved. And I think, you know, and I really truly believe that everyone wants to share their love in really, yeah. really genuine, compassionate ways. I think we all want that. And I think we all realize when we, when we are who we are, when we share love, when we share light, that brings real fulfillment and happiness uh, for mm. ourselves and, of course, for for others too, you know. And it's just, um, and if we can all do that, it, you know, yeah, it just works out better for everyone. I think we can all do that, no matter how, how big or how little, um, you know, people can all do that in their own little way. And whether it's your, your smile at someone or you're kind to someone in a nice, gentle way, you yes. say hello to someone, you, I don't know, you clear someone's path, you open the door for someone, or you save someone's life, or you just basically do something that's really kind, small, gentle, that no one would ever know, you know, whether it's not step on an ant or put a leaf down so the ant can step on it and you move it over the puddle, whatever. These are, yeah. these are small and big things at the same time, you know, so... Um, yeah, we, we have to let go of the things that are holding us back and our untruths, you know. Don't identify with your traumas for too long. You know, acknowledge them, move on. We've got we've got bigger things, you know. We've got bigger fish to fry, <laughs> as they say. We have. <laughs> we have indeed. Oh, dear me. Thank you so much. I mean, oh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You have so many interesting stories and so many wise things that... Um, Remarkable, really. I have always something to learn from you. And um, 
what about people out there that want to get in contact with you? I have to say this. Where can they do that? Because I know you have a few websites. Um, What is the best place to contact you? Sure. Usually it's through the website. Um, Mm -hmm. My Chinese medicine website is uh, orientaltreatment.com. Uh, and the martial arts qigong kind of meditation website is warriorhealers.co.uk and you know everything i do really if you if you want to boil it down to things whether it's martial arts or meditation whatever really what i'm trying to do is free the human condition i'm just trying to free the mind you know and Mm. give you free possibilities and if we can let go of things you have freedom and that's all I teach and that's all I pass on. And, you know, if you're spiritually and physically, mentally and emotionally free, then, you know, the world is yours. Absolutely. And we've got our wings to fly. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on, Mir. It's wonderful. And, um, You'll have to come again because we're going to, I'd love you to come back and talk about Chinese medicine and herbs and things, because that's really useful. Um, I know that the listeners are always interested in that sort of thing, because we had a lady um, who is a homeopath and she came back twice because people were so interested in the natural way. So Mm -hmm. please come again, we'll arrange a time and you can come and talk about and give advice about all the herbal remedies and things out there. No problem at all. Absolutely fine. That's absolutely fine. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I wish you all the very best. And um, you take care. And a happy new year to you and your family. Yes, happy new year to you too. All right, then. Take care. You too, Mimi. Okay, bye. 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 Fascinating work and amazing skills and knowledge he has. Thank you, as always, for joining me and for sharing these moments together that mean so much. Until next time, look after yourselves, enjoy wonderful moments and be wonderfully you. Take care and lots of love. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life, brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, take a look at her website, www.miminovik.com. .co.uk